welcome to the Marriage Prep Podcast. I'm Nathan Hooper. And I'm Allie Hooper. In this podcast, we will give you all the resources that you need to go from dating or engaged to creating a lasting marriage that will bring you more happiness than you ever thought possible. Here, we're going to interview experts and discuss important topics like how to know if your partner is right for you. We will provide you guys a list of questions and conversations that you need to be having to make sure you're both ready for marriage and on the same page. We will even dive deep into topics like sexual intimacy, finances, how to have a fair fight, and a whole lot more to make sure you can step up to that altar with complete confidence. So subscribe now and make sure you guys don't miss any episodes and we'll see you in there. What's up guys? Thanks for tuning in today. This is the Marriage Prep Podcast here with Allie and Nathan Hooper. This is our seventh episode and one we are very excited about. I know we always say we're excited, but we're extra excited for this one because we are talking about something so important, which is conflict in marriage. It's unavoidable. It's going to happen. We're all different people. There's going to be conflict. But what we want to show you guys today is how to manage that conflict so that it is productive and it's helpful for your relationship and it's not hurtful or harmful. It's not going to you know, lead to divorce. And then we're going to do that is we're going to talk about the Gottman Institute's four horsemen of the apocalypse. They're essentially four practices or four behaviors that if they are found, four communication styles, that if they're found within your marriage, it almost is guaranteed that you're going to be divorced. So really, really important to avoid these things. And we're excited. We're going to dive into, into the, what they are and, and more about them. Yes. And so our goal of this podcast isn't to make you think that all conflict is bad. We're just going to highlight four things or four types of conflict that are bad that we want to avoid and then hopefully show you good ways to express yourself in a way that's productive, right? Exactly. And so we just want to first, I guess, define what, when we say conflict, what we mean, because I know if you're anything like me, you probably cringe when you even hear the word conflict. Like it's just something that you want to avoid, Mm -hmm. right? It's just uncomfortable. You don't want people to be mad at you. You don't want to be in a fight. But when we're talking about conflict today, we want you to be thinking about, I guess, conflict as expressing your honest thoughts and feelings about something, just being totally truthful, talking about issues that you see and working together to improve, to find ways to better yourself, better your partner, better your relationship, whatever it is. You're fixing problems. You're growing together and, you know, solving things. Right. Exactly. And so the goal is that our conflict becomes productive and that we're able to express ourselves in a way that you know, we're sharing, we're sharing a bit of ourselves or being vulnerable, but we're also being received in the right way. So, so there's a quote that I really love. I think I just read it on Instagram one day. It's just one of those quotes that really struck me and that's stayed with me for a long time because it just rang so true to me. And I think that will be the case for a lot of you. It just says, if you avoid conflict to keep the peace, you start a war inside yourself. Love that. Um, that's by Cheryl Richardson. And I, Oh my gosh, I just love that because I think that we are so worried about conflict around us, right? We're trying to keep the peace, but then we have a war inside ourselves and that's just as bad, right? Mm -hmm. And our partner doesn't want that. Like if I am bottling something in and not telling Nathan about it and I'm sad, like he wants me to be happy and I want him to be happy. I don't want him to bottle things in. I want to know, like I don't want to find out. It's like finding out that you had spinach in your teeth all day. Like, just tell me like, (laughs) why, why did you keep that from me? Right? Like it's, there's nothing worse. So I think if you think about it that way, 
it's easier to justify a little bit of conflict yeah. for the sake of improving Absolutely. your relationship. I think bottling it in, holding it in, causing that war inside yourself, it's only going to lead to resentment for your for your spouse, for your for your relationship. Yeah. And it's going to lead to uh, molehills becoming mountains because you're going to yeah. allow these little things that just, you know, these small things are going to grow and fester and develop and they're just going to eat at you and you're just going to get so angry until you finally explode and it becomes so much worse than if you would have just handled it when it was a small thing at the beginning, which is a great principle for all things to just deal with them when they're, yeah. when they're small. It's almost like a battle versus a war, right? Like a small thing that doesn't need to be this huge, exactly. huge, yeah, fight. Exactly. So I love that. Yeah. So what we're going to talk about, like I said, we're going to talk about the God Institute's four horsemen of the apocalypse. They are criticism, contempt, defensiveness and stonewalling. So we're going to kind of dive into each one of those communication styles and we're also going to talk about the antidote. So if you are noticing that you or your partner communicates in one of these styles, we're going to talk about the antidote and the way to get out of that. So that's what we're going to kind of do for the rest of this episode. Definitely. And just as a preface, I guess, as you're listening, if you realize, you know, you might be someone who either has used one of these four ways of arguing before, or you've your partner has, or you've seen it, just remember, we're going to be going over the antidotes. And so even if you have like, like we said, you're more likely if you're constantly, you know, stonewalling your partner or criticizing your partner, you're more, those are the couples that are more likely to get divorced, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're destined to be yes, divorced, right? For sure. There's always hope to improve, to change. That is the beauty of life. That's why we're here. We're here to grow. We're here to learn. No one is perfect. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you make mistakes. It's okay if you are not perfect. And it's okay if there are times where you just lose your cool, right? Mm-hmm. And you're a little bit, you have a little bit more conflict than maybe your partner would like. But what we're going to be talking about is the healthy ways to approach conflict and to express yourself in a way that's productive rather than, you know, hurtful. Yeah. No, I love that. Let's, let's dive into it. So criticism, this is, I mean, it sounds like an obvious thing. Like you've probably heard the word criticism before in this context. It's just expressing, you know, a complaint about someone, but coupled with doing so with blame or like in a critical way. So it's, we watched Nathan found a really great video about that, that kind of explained all of these. And the person in the video explained how it's it's really great to express your complaints and it's, it's great to express how you're feeling, but the issue is when you do so in a blaming mm-hmm. way and like this, just this feeling of like, Oh my gosh, like yeah. it's just this, this complaint. Right. So we're going to give an example. Yeah. So for, so for example, if, if Allie comes home and she had asked me in the morning, like if I would make the bed and I was like, Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And then she comes home and I didn't do it. So then maybe she starts to attack me and she says something like, you know, I had this really long day and I come home and you're just, you're so forgetful. You're so lazy. I asked you to do one thing. You couldn't even do that one thing. Like, you know, how could you be so like negligent about what I need and just starts attacking me in a certain way. And what that's going to do is that's going to make me feel defensive. That's the one of the other horsemen. It's going to make me feel like I'm being attacked. I need to push the blame somewhere else. I need to, I'm not going to take responsibility. It ends up being this really damaging thing, which starts with criticism by expressing Ali expressing a genuine complaint and she asked me to make the bed. I didn't do it. That's a genuine complaint, but the way going about it in a critical way is very damaging and harmful for your relationship. Yeah. I think it's important to say here, like, I don't, 
I don't want any of you to be afraid to like complain. Like we mm-hmm. want the, the goal of this episode is to explain that we want you to have a voice, but we want you to do so in a kind and loving way. Remembering that the goal here is to let your partner know what you're feeling, but to do so in a way that will come across to them that, that will actually cause them to change. So if and put yourself in the shoes of someone who, you know, is sitting there and, and they let, let's say, put yourself in Nathan's shoes in this mm-hmm. example, you know, he works from home and I go to school, I go to work. So I leave the house a lot more than he does. So if I come home and I see that the bed's not made and I just go off at him, he, like he said, he's going to become defensive. He's not thinking, Oh, she's right. I really should have made the bed. He's, right. he's not thinking, Oh, like, yeah, I really made Allie feel that way. He's, he's getting upset. Mm-hmm. And so I think our goal here is to, to help you guys to just kind of think about what are the consequences to the things I'm saying and how I'm saying them and how can I avoid exactly. that? So like my goal with any time I'm, I'm sharing how I'm feeling is I want to share with Nathan how I'm feeling and hopefully help him to see that and then want to change. Exactly. Right. And that's a pretty simple excellent like example that we gave you guys. Maybe you're thinking like, of course I'm not going to like freak out at someone for not making the bed, but apply it to your lives. The, the principle is to not be critical when you're expressing your thoughts and you're expressing your complaints about your relationship or about your partner. Like I said, it's okay to have those thoughts and those complaints, but just express them in a way that's not going to be toxic or venomous or, you know, you know, attacking someone or their character in any way. You're just expressing the way you feel. And the antidote to this is exactly that. So you want to express it in an I statement and in a positive way. So vice versa compared to Ali kind of attacking me and saying, Oh, you're so lazy and forgetful. How could you do this again? Like you don't even care about our relationship. Instead, she might say something like Nathan, I had a really long day today. Would you mind making the bed? Like I feel I've had, I've had a really long day. She's just expressing herself in her, her feeling that nice statement. I've had a really long day today. I'm actually feeling really tired. I want to take a little break. Would you mind making the bed? Which is the positive statement. She's asking me to do something in a positive way, instead of saying like, you never make the bed or you don't ever do what I ask or something like that. You want to express it in a positive way so that, you know, it's then that's going to lead me instead of being defensive. I'm hopefully going to respond in a, in a great way and say, Oh yeah, I'm so sorry. I forgot. Let me do that right now. Yeah. So I think that's a really powerful way to communicate. And yeah, so that's kind of, that kind of wraps up criticism. But like we said, that kind of leads into defensiveness. So mm-hmm. when just put yourself into that position of, you're sitting at home and you, your significant other comes in and they just, they just get like, start railing on you. Just start railing on you, let you have it. Right. And they're just so critical. Well, I think it's a defensiveness. I th- think about it as it's a defense mechanism. It's mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, no, no, no. Don't put this on me. Right. I like, don't put the blame on me. Let's push that blame somewhere else. I do not want to take responsibility for this because I don't want, it's just not a good feeling to like, be kind of, I think it's hard. It's just against human nature to be responsible for your actions, especially if you don't think that you did anything wrong or you don't think it's as big of a deal as your partner might think. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, in this response, let's say that I come home and I'm so upset, like why isn't the bed made or why aren't the dishes done? And, Mm -hmm. and I start blaming then Nathan might say, well, 
I was going to do it, but I've been working all day and you know how stressful my schedule is. Plus you didn't even make dinner. Like you didn't even mm-hmm. do this. And, and let's, let's turn this whole argument on to something else. Let's yeah. change the whole exactly. thing around. And I think, yeah, like we talked about like defensiveness is really easy when your partner is being critical because you, you don't want to like accept it. You want to just kind of push it off. You don't want to take responsibility, but it's also like if you're, if your partner, if you're just trying to have a conversation, like one that Allie and I've had before is like, we'll talk about us being late to some things, you know, she'll, Allie might mention like, yeah. Hey, we've been late to a lot of things lately. Um, let's talk about this. And maybe she's not even like, like attacking me. She's not being critical of me. She's just saying this, something that she's noticed within our relationship. But then I can still get defense about that. Like, Oh no, like it's fine. I, I might still like try to come up with other things and try to like not take responsibility for us being late. I could be like, Oh no, we're so busy. Like they understand it's not important, but like if it's important to Allie, I need to respond in a way that instead of being defensive and pushing that blame somewhere else or, I'm taking responsibility. I'm saying, yeah, you know, you're right. We have been, we have been late lately and just kind of owning that. It's going to make Allie feel her and it's going to help our relationship to grow and progress. Yeah. So, so what he just explained is, is kind of the antidote, right? So taking that responsibility, just like owning up to it is so powerful and taking a little bit of the blame, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so if, so we talked about in the, with criticism, how there's kind of two parts. There's expressing yourself, which is okay, but but then there's doing so in a blaming way. So if someone expresses something and they do so like in, in the right way, right? Like you come home, I come home from work and I say, Nathan, you know, I had a really long day. Is there any way you could go make the bed? I think I, I just want to sit down, but it would make me feel a lot like better and more yeah. calm. He could still respond. There's just because I say that in the right way, he could mm-hmm. still respond defensively, yeah. but the alternative would be, yeah, you know what? Like, okay, I'm so sorry that I forgot. I'll go ahead and do that now. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. And th- that, that like, if you just think about the contrast of those two examples, one where you come home and it's just like the worst way to start your, your time together that yeah. day, right? Like you come home and, and you're yelling at them and they're getting defensive. Like that's not fun. That's mm-hmm. tiring. That's why people don't like conflict is yeah. because when it's done involving the four horsemen are done in the wrong way. Like it's, it's exhausting. It's just not a good situation. Absolutely. But honestly, like obviously it's a little contrary to human nature, but it's not that hard to just take ownership. Mm -hmm. And like, it's, I mean, it's easier said than done, but it's something that we can all do. I think. Yeah. And if you imagine that scenario, Ali's had like a long day, tiring, a little frustrated. She's expecting to come home to a clean house, comes home. I haven't done anything. So she's mad. And so she says, Hey, I asked you to do this one thing. You didn't even do it. Like you're being so lazy and forgetful. And then if I then respond defensively, Oh my gosh, like you're not, you have no idea what I've been up to today. Like I've done so much. Plus that you're going to make dinner and like just this small thing or the whole goal of the conversation was to, kind of clean up the house and instead it becomes this massive argument because now i'm being defensive she's being critical and just gonna start getting really nasty because we're gonna start attacking each other you know if you just avoid that whole thing in the first place you take a couple deep breaths if you're upset about it and remember to express an i statement and then to express it in a positive way then things are going to be done a lot more productively versus jumping in and being critical and then them being defensive and then just going back and forth it's just so much better to to not do that in the first place and to avoid that. It's yeah. going to be a lot happier. But I agree. And I keep thinking about there's this concept that I learned about in one of my classes a few semesters ago, which is basically about how we have a tendency to like look at the world at like we put people inside this box, mm. right? There's actually, I think Nathan read the book on this yeah. video that I watched, but um, we put 
we put people inside this box and we just view them as like this obstacle mm-hmm. in our way An object on this object, this, this thing that's just in our way. Right. Rather than removing them from the box and looking at them as like a human with mm-hmm. like, there's a reason for everything they do. Maybe yes. the reason they didn't do something you wanted them to do was because they had something else going on. Right. And so like, it's a perfect example is when you're driving and you, you know, someone cuts you off and you're so like upset and you're just like, are you kidding me? Like this person cut me off. They're just this obstacle. But then let's say you find out that they're like driving very quickly because they just found out it's your that next door neighbor or something, it's, it, or it's your next door neighbor, or yeah. even like they, they found out that their, their wife is having a baby and she's mm-hmm. going into labor or something horrible happened to one of their family members and they're running to the hospital. Like that completely yeah. changes things. Right. And so there's just this, this overall concept, I guess that the more that we can, think about people as people and think about them holistically. And that Mm -hmm. includes, you know, our partner, if we can think about, there's a reason that they've done everything they've done, or there's a reason they haven't done things like absolutely they're, people are imperfect and that's okay. And it's not our job to just be like on someone's back all the time. Cause that's not what we want. And so I think if we can remove people from the box, remove people, like stop thinking about people as this obstacle in our way and start thinking of them as people with feelings. And yeah, I I just think that's a better way to live and it's a happier way to live. If you can think about your spouse or your partner, the, whoever you're dating as someone who they have a life and they have things that come up and that's okay. And being patient with them. I just think that's a really powerful way to overcome. I think like on the verse side of things, like if Ali, even if Allie comes home and she's being critical of me, like if I can then look at her as a person and say, she's probably had a really rough day. Like maybe she had a test that didn't go very well, or maybe, you know, she had some bad experiences at work or whatever. She's probably had a really rough day. So she's kind of letting unloading on me a little bit. If I can then respond instead of getting defensive and saying, Oh my gosh, you know, I didn't do this. You did this. And just kind of starting this huge fight. I could then say, Hey, totally understand. Like, it sounds like you might've had a rough day. I'm sorry to make it make the bed. Let me go ahead and do that right now. Just owning it. I'll take responsibility and understanding that Allie's not normally a toxic person. She's not normally just going to come home and unload on me. If she does, there's probably something else that's deeper. And we've talked about that before, but just kind of trying to be aware of that. And for the most part, the person that you love is not going to be this horrible person. that's always going to be critical of you that if they are being like that or acting in a way, there's probably something else deeper going on there. Look at them as a human being and see what you can do to, to help help bring them out of that. Totally. And we'll talk about that with our next, our next thing, which is contempt. And that, that kind of goes with the antidote of contempt, but contempt, it's similar to criticism. Mm-hmm. Contempt is just feeling like you are better or you are superior to yeah. your spouse. So, and this kind of goes along with that idea of like putting them in a box. Like they're just, you're just better than them, right? So you just feel disgusted by them. You look down on them. You might be sarcastic in your comments to them, cynical, call names, eye rolling. It's just that it's kind of, it's kind of gross. It's that yeah. like uncomfortable. Like I, f- I think that I'm so much better than you. And it's kind of like the villain in every movie where there's mm-hmm. like the person who has the assistant and they're yelling at them to get their coffee and just so mean. And I'm <laughs> yeah. just so much better than you, but you treat your spouse that way. Like right. they're your assistant or they're this person who's so much littler than you. Mm-hmm. I think contempt can kind of come like if your spouse has like, they've made mistakes in the past. Like maybe if right. I am historically, I'm always late to things. And so then Allie gets this idea that like, I've always been late and so I'm always going to continue to be late. And so she just 
starts to expect that of me and just kind of has contempt for me because she thinks I'm just always going to be like, Oh, you're late again. <laughs> Big surprise. And you're just like being really rude and demeaning and belittling like, Oh wow. You know, just, just kind yeah. of thinking like you're above them and not giving them the opportunity to change. And you're just kind of like, you just expect that like bad behavior. Exactly. Out of you're just expecting that bad behavior and you're just kind of going off. And an example Alan and I kind of came up with in addition to that being late one is, you know, if, and a big thing, I'll kind of talk about this for a second. A big thing in most relationships, ours included, is that both Ali and I tend to feel like we do more in our relationship than the other person. Like we'll both mm-hmm. kind of have this, like Ali will think that she does so much around the house and she does. She does a ton around the house and like to support our relationship. And I'll think I do so much for us financially. And I do. And I do a lot of those things. But we'll kind of both have these areas of life where we feel like we're contributing so much more than our partner is kind of our strengths. Exactly. And so we'll kind of get this point where, you know, we'll talk to her like, Oh, I'm doing all this. And she's like, I'm doing all this. And so it, it kind of helps us to, to be aware of that. But that's, that's kind of a common argument that you'll find within relationships is that you both kind of have this feeling of I'm doing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And the goal would be to not let that progress into contempt, but realizing that you're both hopefully Equally yoked. We're putting in a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And so our example that Nathan was kind of getting to that we came up with would be like, oh, you think you had a long day? I went to school. I worked a full shift and I come home to a messy house and I have to go cook my own dinner. Have you ever even moved from that chair all day? Right. Like mm-hmm. it's just this like angry, like, oh, yeah. you're so pathetic. You're so lazy. Like I can't even believe you. You're so ridiculous. Like predictable. Of yeah. course. You're just putting them in this like, like, there's no way you're ever going to change. Like, I'm just so mad. I'm even with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like just this resentment and this like angry bitterness. And it's just not I'm a good sorry. place to be. And think about like, if you've ever felt that way about someone, you don't feel good. Oh, like no. it's just, it's a bad situation for everyone, yeah. but it happens sometimes and it's scary. And so we want to talk about the antidote, which is gratitude. Right. And I will say too, that this one, uh, contempt is the most dangerous of the four horsemen. They said that mm-hmm. this one is like, if there's contempt in the relationship and it doesn't change, there's like a 97% like, like success rate that it's, you're going to get divorced. So this one is it's the most really, dangerous yeah, you like, want to, avoid it. to thinking. And I think that, like I mentioned before, starting to think like those little thoughts, like, Oh, I'm, I'm contributing more and starting to value your own contributions more than your partners and kind of putting them into that box and expecting them to keep doing their negative behavior. That's kind of like the, the road that's going to lead to this contempt where you're just disgusted by them and you're just looking down on them. But like I said, yeah. the antidote to this is going to be gratitude, appreciate expressing appreciation for your partner. Yeah. I honestly, I think gratitude is like the antidote to everything. Yeah. And like, oh, I don't know sure. why it's so hard. Like we know this, we, I guarantee you've all heard this before. Like gratitude fixes everything, but it's hard sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard. It's against our nature to just like to have something hard happen and find the good in yeah. it. Right. It just takes a little work, but it's so worth the effort. And I think too, we start like, we start to take things for granted. I might start thinking like Allie for granted. Oh, she makes dinner. She cleans the house. She makes the bed. She has all these great things. So I might start taking that for granted and start expecting that mm-hmm. instead of being grateful and taking a step back and, and seeing what I should be grateful for. And I love whatever you focus on. That's what you're going to find. That's what you're going to see in your life. If you just buy a new car, like Allie and I talked about this earlier, we, we bought an Acura MBX like a year or two ago, but we, you know, we start seeing that same car all over the place. Oh, they have one too. They have one too. And it's because we now own that car. Not that because, more people are buying accurate MDXs because that's the car that we have. So we're aware of it. Same thing with gratitude. If gratitude is what you're looking for, if gratitude is what you're focused on, you're going to find gratitude in everything. Mm-hmm. Even if you're kind of taking things for granted, if I'm trying to focus on gratitude, seeing the world through a lens of, of gratitude, that I'm going to be grateful for the little things that I does. I'm going to be grateful for the, even the bad things in my life. Cause I know they're going to teach me things and be grateful for 
all the blessings I have. And that's going to help us mm-hmm. to avoid contempt in our, in our marriage. For sure. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think that, yeah, gratitude just like kind of fixes everything. And so if we can focus on it, like he said, and, and let it be the thing that we notice everywhere, we're just constantly noticing the good. We're just going to be a lot happier. Mm-hmm. We, we were, as we were kind of talking about just getting ready for this episode, we kind of agreed, like, I guess a good goal for everyone to have would be like have five positive experiences to every negative experience. You're not yeah. going to be perfect, but try to focus on the mm-hmm. good, try to be grateful, try to have these positive experiences and like really just focus on that and let that be your goal. And you're just going to be a lot happier. And so yeah. with, you know, with contempt, right? Like rather than just being like, Oh, you did this and this and this, and you're just the worst husband or you're the worst wife and you never do anything for me. If you instead just took a step back and took five minutes to be like, okay, let's think about like maybe what they did do today. So for in my example, what I could do is instead of coming home and noticing that maybe the house isn't that clean when it's something that like I enjoy to, I enjoy cleaning. I enjoy cooking. Those are things that I like. I'm not crazy about going to work, but I am crazy (laughs) about cooking and cleaning. And, And if I take a step back and be like, Oh wow, Nathan's sitting at his desk and he's been working all day and that's that's tough stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. that's he's providing an income for our family. He's allowing me to be able to cook whatever I want with the groceries that he helps us to pr- to provide, right? And so taking a step back, it's just almost like makes and being grateful, I should say, makes contempt almost impossible. Like it's just kind of if you can have that realization like oh wow, this person actually did do a lot for me it's kind of a way to kind of talk yourself off that ledge and, yeah. and keep yourself from, from just being like, just ripping into somebody. For sure. No, yeah, no, I like that a lot. Just expressing your appreciation trying to find the good that's going to help to build up the relationship, help to avoid contempt from growing. And I think it also gives people like a chance to grow. Another great example is if, if you're starting to expect like Ali's just expecting, I'm always going to be late. And so she might start like belittling me. If instead like you, turn this around and you kind of go back to the critical thing where you express nice statement or you, you try to see what's going on first. You know, like if I'm constantly being late, I might say, instead of just expecting that I'm going to continue to be late, she might like have a conversation about it and just ask me like, Hey, I noticed that you've been, you know, late to this thing, just trying to get a little bit deeper and not just assuming the negative immediately right off the bat about a person mm-hmm. and assuming that they're going to keep doing the same behavior that they have been. But just having a conversation, like what happened today? There like, might be a reason. There might yeah. be a reason. Like maybe I got pulled over, or maybe something happened at work, or whatever. But there might not. Oh, there might be something different than what you are expecting. So just give them a chance to explain themselves and and to see what's actually going on before you jump right in and start. You know, assuming that they're just the worst person. They're always going to be late. They're never going to change. Never going to grow. Yeah, I think it just. Yeah, it really all comes back to like viewing your partner as a person and mm-hmm. not as an object, and um, thinking about. Yeah, how the good the good things rather than just the bad. So the the fourth the fourth like horsemen. of the four horsemen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how to say that. <laughs> but the the fourth thing that we want to avoid, I guess, is stonewalling. So you may have heard this term, you may have not, but it's basically just kind of withdrawing from a conversation. You know, when you yeah. give the silent treatment, when you just leave and you just shut down and mm-hmm. you just don't want to be there. You're right? building a stone wall between yourself and your partner right you're just kind of putting up a wall exactly and we all do this right Mm -hmm. and and sometimes maybe it's like it's you're coming from a place of okay i really like i just don't like this 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 conflict or this conversation i don't like where this is going i don't like how this feels or maybe it is maybe it is tied to some contempt right like oh my gosh like i'm just shocked that you would just even say that Mm -hmm. and i'm so disgusted or whatever it is and so 
it happens a lot. I think when we're, we're having conflict, we're having a conversation and we don't like how it's going and we just shut down. Yeah. But when that happens and you go to that place, I think we've all been there. You start festering, you start Mm -hmm. like, you just kind of spiral out of control mentally. You kind of augment how bad the situation actually is. Like you overemphasize it. You like, you know, you make it something that's really not, but you just make it so much bigger. Yeah. You're negativity. Exactly. You know, you start to fester. Yeah. And so the antidote to this would be, be intentional, but take, take a little break to calm down, Mm -hmm. not take a break and like, don't talk and, and let it fester, but take a break to do something relaxing. Take your mind off of the th- of whatever you're talking about. Try to calm down, breathe, mm-hmm. go for a walk. Yeah. Let yourself think about it, exactly. but, but try to calm down so that you're not so like upset and frustrated and you can actually talk yeah. with your partner. So in the context of an argument, if you know, like the example we've been sharing, Allie asked me to make the bed in the morning. She comes back from her work and school and I haven't made the bed. So then she starts to get after me a little bit about it. Like, Hey, you know, maybe she's even being critical or whatever. And then I just, a stonewalling example would be like, okay, I'm done. I'm not doing this. Just and then walk away. Just walk so away upset. or you just turn on the show or you just start doing chores. You just do anything to not talk to them and to just like, just like, I'm not, I'm not talking, but you're about still, this. but you're still definitely like thinking about it. You're and still, yeah, you're still like, you're just the whole time. You're like cleaning just something. You're just like, you're just so angry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Versus the antidote where it might, you might think, Oh, it sounds pretty similar. In this case, I might say something to Ali, like Ali, I'm sorry. And like, I didn't do it. This, you just kind of like just came out right after me and started attacking me with this. I'm a little bit frustrated right now. Just give me 20 minutes to calm down and then let's come back and let's keep talking about this. So I think the important part is if you are feeling that way, like you're just kind of your fight or flight instinct is kind of kicking in and you're wanting to just leave that situation. Just let them know, Hey, I'm really frustrated right now. I don't want to say something I'm going to regret. Let me just take 20 minutes to relax and let's come back to this conversation. And the really important thing obviously is coming back to the conversation because the partner yeah. might be thinking like, he just wants to get away from that. He doesn't want to talk about this. But the important thing is to like set a time. Let's come back to this. Let's, you know, let's be in a better place and let's come back and let's hash this out. Mm-hmm. I was reading a study where I guess like, I don't know for exact I don't know. I don't remember the exact details, but they basically had these couples like doing an experiment and they were in the middle of an argument and they told them, Hey, stop guys. We need to fix something technical. Then we'll have you get back at it. So just read these magazines while you're waiting. They read the magazines for 20 minutes and said, okay, everything's good. And they had them go back and they were able to resolve it so quickly because they had kind of had a time to just process it, let everything Things sit were so heated. and settle and it wasn't yeah. so heated and they weren't so emotional about it. They can kind of come to a, a resolution pretty easily. So even if like there's people always say like, Oh, never go to bed angry. Even if it's like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm really Let's frustrated. This. This. Let's just sleep on this. Yeah. Let's talk about it in the morning. The important part is scheduling a time to talk about it again. Um, and versus doing And doing it versus like stonewalling, which is just like, you're trying to have a conversation like you're kind of having a conflict before you go to bed and i just like i'm going to sleep i'm done and i just go to and i just and you don't go to sleep and you're just pissed for two exactly. hours yeah no then you don't talk worse. about it so just like say if you're feeling that way you don't want to have this conversation anymore your fire flies kicking in you want to fly <laughs> just say hey let's talk about this in a little bit let me cool down and then you're gonna be able to get to the bottom of it right totally so just kind of a review. Those are the four horsemen. There's criticism, there's defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. All four of them are, you know, they're they're relatively common things that that you might see in your in your relationship whenever there's conflict. And it's not always it's not always in romantic relationships. A lot of time it sure. is, but mm-hmm. you know, just look out for these things. And I think honestly, I think the most important antidote is gratitude or being able to take a step back. Mm-hmm. I think like for all of these, 
taking a step back and thinking like, okay, what's our bigger goal here? Our bigger goal is not to be like upset with each other. Our goal is to resolve something like something that's making one of us uncomfortable for some reason. Let's resolve that because we care about each other. We love each other. We're on the same team. We're not fighting each other, but we're fighting this problem. Yeah. Something that's, yeah, I was going to, I was going to say something Ali always says to me is that like, where it's not me versus you, it's you and I versus issue this issue you know and that's the whole purpose of like healthy conflict is you're working together to come to solution to better your relationship and to better your marriage you're not trying to bring each other down not trying to attack each other not trying to be vicious or malicious you're trying to solve problems you're trying to grow together and you're trying to to work on your marriage and i i think ali and i found that whenever we have good healthy productive conflict that we feel closer together we feel like, you know, we know each other better and we feel mm-hmm. like we're actually taking steps forward versus taking steps backward. And, you know, yeah. our feelings aren't hurt, but we're, we're moving forward. Yeah. And something I would say just to anyone who's listening who is a lot like me and you think like, I really want to avoid that conflict. Like Nathan said, there is the aspect that, you know, if it's done right, it can be a bonding experience, but also just know that you're, you're worth it and your opinions and your, the way you're yeah. feeling is, is worth it to, to be expressed. Love and, that. and it's, better for you to be comfortable and happy and to get it off your chest because you'd be surprised if if said in the right way if you use i statements say you know i feel this way about this thing you'd be surprised how your partner can respond especially Mm -hmm. if you you know if you guys listen to this episode together and talk about ways that that you can kind of avoid these you'd be surprised at at how not scary and how not (laughs) confrontational it can be to express your feelings and to come to a conclusion and to find a way to, to improve whatever it is that's on your mind. Totally. I really like that. You, you are worth it. So be willing to express your thoughts and express your feelings. Even if you're scared, this goes back to our vulnerability episode, but it's going to help bring you closer together and it's going to be worth it in the end just to, to share the way you're feeling and, and to come to a resolution together. Yeah. So if you're dating, if you're, you know, listening to this and you really haven't had things that you've had to argue about too much, just start by, there's going to be little things, just small things that are kind of insignificant, but that might be on your mind that might be bothering you. Maybe it's the way that your partner chews or something Mm -hmm. stupid, or it could be something bigger. Practice just expressing your opinions, expressing yourself in a way that's, this is how I feel. How can we resolve this mm-hmm. right and and then if you're the partner who's receiving that do your best to receive it in a way of okay i'm listening to you i know it's not the the most fun thing to receive something that's kind of critical yeah. but let's let's see because i love you let's see what we can do to fix this and For so sure. yeah so we would encourage you guys to take what you heard us talking about today take these four horsemen and and the antidotes of the four horsemen and and try to pay attention to that in your relationships and practice you know having that healthy conflict because like we said it's it's important and and like i said you're worth it Mm -hmm. and like you know this we didn't talk about this at the beginning we probably should have but conflict is expected in your relationship you come from different personalities you come from different backgrounds you're going to do things differently just from the way you grew up so this is something that's going to happen like whether you want to or not whether you are someone that's really conflict averse or someone who's really like kind of has no problem with conflict it's going to happen just by the different way you do things maybe there could be a conflict over the way you do the dishes. Like maybe you come from a family where we always rinse out our dishes before we put it in the dishwasher versus a family where they just put the dish in the dishwasher, even if it's dirty. Gross. But, <laughs> you, know, you know what kind of family Ali came from. <laughs> but just from those little things, there's going to be a little conflict that comes up and being able to handle it in a way that's healthy and productive is going to be so, so beneficial for you guys. You're probably not having big fights right now. If you're just dating or engaged, you're probably still mm-hmm. in that great honeymoon phase. We just love them. They can do nothing wrong. 
they wanted to at least bring this up to you guys just so you know what to expect and to make sure that you are just so cautious about avoiding these four horsemen because they're not going to bring anything good for your relationship. So don't be critical. Don't be, don't have contempt for your partner. Don't get defensive and don't stonewall them. You avoid those four things and you're able to keep with those antidotes of using I statements, expressing gratitude and appreciation, taking ownership and responsibility. Not, you might not even take all the ownership, but at least taking a portion of the ownership. And then also stepping away and stepping away, taking a 20 minute break and then getting back to it. You're going to be so blessed. You're able to get through anything together. You're able to grow together and you know, nothing's able to stop you guys. So just make sure to those and, uh, and keep fighting out there for sure. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. (laughs) Keep having those healthy fights. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know if you guys have any questions, but yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and put a few notes in our, Mm -hmm. in our show notes on our episode, just of the four horsemen. If you have any questions and you can, you know, there's tons of videos and resources out there. If you're curious about learning more about this. If you guys want to learn more, check out the the website for this episode. It's the marriageforpodcast.com forward slash zero zero seven. You guys says also check out the Gottman Institute who they're the ones who initially discovered the four horsemen or kind of published that idea. Mm-hmm. So you can learn more about that there. They have a lot of great blogs and, and other videos and resources where you can kind of keep diving in. But Definitely. You know, just we want to invite you to to be open to this kind of thing, to be aware of it and to and to to fight right. Fight in good way and, and uh, fight in a healthy way. And you know that's you're gonna really bless your marriage. For sure. All right, well we'll see you guys in two weeks. See you guys in two weeks. Bye bye.